rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. 43 degrees, a light rain and drizzle this morning, Monday, January 9th. I'm Deborah Valentine with your new sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Violent uprising by supporters of former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro. Thousands of New York City nurses who have not yet reached a contract agreement could strike shortly. New York City Mayor Adams blasts his former mayoral rival, Curtis Sliwa, for trying to get rid of the rat infestation at the mayor's Brooklyn Brownstone. Congressman Matt Gates demands largely sparked last week's unrest in Congress, leading to a record 15 votes for the speakership position. The mayor of Virginia City, where a six-year-old shot his teacher, says the incident should serve as a wake-up call. Supporters of former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro, who refused to accept his election defeat, stormed Congress, the Supreme Court and Presidential Palace in Brazil Sunday. This unrest a week after the inauguration of his leftist rival, President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. Thousands of demonstrators bypassed security barricades, climbed on roofs, smashed windows and invaded all three buildings. During a news conference from Sao Paulo State, Lula accused Bolsonaro of encouraging the uprising by those he termed fascist fanatics. All those people who did this will be found and punished. They will realize that democracy guarantees the right to freedom and free speech, but it also demands that people respect the institutions created to strengthen democracy. Bolsonaro flew to Florida ahead of Lula's inauguration. He wrote on Twitter that peaceful protest is part of democracy, but vandalism and invasion of public buildings are exceptions to the rule. Hundreds of protesters were arrested. Well, thousands of nurses from two New York City hospitals could be on the picket line beginning at 6 a.m. Not all of the eight hospitals involved have yet reached an agreement with nurses' unions. On Sunday, Mount Sinai Morningside and Mount Sinai West both reached a tentative agreement. A statement read, Today, Mount Sinai West and Mount Sinai Morningside reached a settlement subject to ratification with NYSNA, that's the union leadership, and NYSNA has rescinded its strike notice at those sites. This agreement includes the identical 19.1% wage increases in agreements that have already been accepted by six other hospitals and officially ratified by New York Presbyterian and my mom, my mom Now, better pay and staffing, all at issue here. On Sunday night, New York's Governor Hochul called for binding arbitration to eliminate the threat of a strike. New York State Nurses Association President Nancy Hagan spoke to ABC7. We are here to negotiate in good faith to make sure that the nurses um, have enough resources to care for the patients. We are at the table right now. As you know, Matsana walked away from the table for two days. They refused to come to the table and bargain in good faith. It's really up to the bosses. The biggest issue with the looming strike is the adverse nurse-to-patient ratio. A new contract is not reached by the deadline. The hospitals that could be affected by a strike include Mount Sinai and Montefiore. Montefiore emergency room nurses have complained of having to care for patients in the hallways, while an area with more than 30 beds remains empty, due in part due to staffing levels. 
Well, 77 WABC host Curtis Sliwa claimed Saturday he was on the receiving end of a serious tongue lashing from New York City Mayor Eric Adams, which allegedly included an F-bomb after the Guardian Angels founder and former mayoral candidate was spotted by cops near a Brooklyn brownstone that the mayor owns. The mayor has been cited again for a rat infestation at his Lafayette Avenue property. Sliwa, a Republican who lost the 2021 mayoral race to Adams, was riding a Manhattan-bound sea train on Friday night shortly after he completed some preliminary work to set up living quarters for feral cats along a porch area of Adams Brownstone. Publicist Todd Shapiro called Sliwa and connected with Adams, where Sliwa says the mayor allegedly made the F-bomb. Sliwa has spoken about his battle with the mayor on his show on 77 WABC. Yeah, I I know it's real stuff, Harry. (laughs) Growing up in this city. (laughs) I I deal with uh, rats all the time, two-legged rats. Four-legged rats. I'm the biggest two-legged rat at all. Take a chill pill, Eric. You're not an expert on everything in this city. Stop being obstinate. Stop being pretentious, thinking you know it all. You don't. I know more about rats than you do. Now, Shapiro insisted Adams never screamed or cursed, but was very concerned that Slee was trespassing on his property. A record 15 votes for House Speaker before California Congressman Kevin McCarthy was handed the Speaker's gavel. Behind the historic chaos last week, Florida Representative Matt Gates last Monday in McCarthy's office demanded he be appointed the chairmanship of a key House Armed Services subcommittee. McCarthy rejected the offer and Gates and the last holdouts abruptly changed course, finally allowing McCarthy to win the speaker's gavel on the 15th attempt. Here's what McCarthy said after getting elected. My friends, this chamber is now fully open for all Americans to visit. The mayor of Newport, Virginia, where a school shooting carried out by a six-year-old left an elementary school teacher critically hurt, said the shocking incident should serve as a wake-up call. Here is Newport News School Superintendent George Parker. We need the community support, continued support, to make sure that guns are not available to youth. And I'm sounding like a broken record today because I, I continue to reiterate that, that we need to keep the guns out of the hands of our young people. Um, this is evidence today that, 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 that these are the things that happen when we have access to weapons. The teacher remains hospitalized. Newport News Mayor Philip Jones said Saturday he called for a nationwide discussion on the prevention of gun violence. President Joe Biden making his first visit to the U.S.-Mexico border Sunday. He did not appear to meet with migrants, though, in El Paso, Texas. Republicans blaming him for the record number of migrants crossing over the border into the U.S., Republican Governor Greg Abbott handed Biden a letter saying he has failed to enforce a federal law. Abbott spoke at the press. The president asked for solutions from Republicans. In the letter that I gave him, I provided five solutions that already exist. It just so happens he's two years at about $20 billion too late. Later Sunday, Biden arrived in Mexico City for a two-day summit of North American leaders. From Texas, Biden traveled south to Mexico City, where he and the leaders of Mexico and Canada will meet today and Tuesday for a North American leaders summit. Immigration is among the items on the agenda. Biden's recent policy announcements on border security and his visit to the border are aimed in part at blunting the impact of upcoming investigations into immigration promised by House Republicans. One person died in an avalanche in Colorado on Saturday. Rescue teams are still searching for the second victim buried in the snow. 
According to the Grand County Sheriff's Office, the avalanche happened around 2.15 p.m. Saturday on Corona Pass, right near the town of Winter Park, leaving two people buried in the snow. Here's Grand County Sheriff Brett Schrotlin. We're seeing record-breaking uh, numbers of uh, tourists and people recreating in our county this year. And um, as you look from one part of the county on Berthoud Pass, as you go across Grand County all the way to Rabbit Ears, um, people are out uh, out recreating and having fun. But um, unfortunately, our backcountry is dangerous. And rescuers Saturday were initially forced to retreat from that area due to weather and safety concerns. Meanwhile, severe weather out in California. California Sunday braced for even more severe weather after a week of torrential downpours and damaging winds. Killed at least 12 people in the past 10 days and knocked out power for hundreds of thousands of homes and businesses. California's Governor Gavin Newsom has already declared a state of emergency. On Sunday, he said the state is requesting a presidential emergency declaration as well. A powerful storm uh, tied to what the National Weather Service described as a steady stream of atmospheric river events is expected to bring heavy rain and snow potentially in addition to both rock and mudslides to parts of the Bay Area before beginning to taper off. That's expected tomorrow. Well, Governor Chris Sununu of New Hampshire isn't closing any doors when it comes to a possible run for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. He said, a lot of folks are coming to me. A lot of folks want me to run. It's definitely conversations that we're having. Sununu told Fox News Nation in an interview on the eve of his inauguration for a fourth two-year term. Sununu has repeatedly said that the Republican Party needs to move on from former President Trump. Here's Sununu speaking to CBS News. It's not in the American spirit to just settle. And let me explain that a little bit. We always want the next piece of technology, the 2.0, the new idea, the next innovator to step forward. That's what America is all about. That's fully in the American spirit. It is not in the American spirit to say that, well, the best opportunity for tomorrow's leadership is yesterday's leadership. (laughs) That makes no sense. The governor cruised to a comfortable double-digit re-election victory back in November. Governor Sununu broadened his national footprint in recent months through a slew of cable news and Sunday talk show interviews. He said there is no timetable for his 2024 decision. Holdouts to now California Speaker Kevin Newsom. Kevin McCarthy did some wheeling and dealing to try and secure those votes. Of course, a whole week of chaos erupted in the U.S. House of Representatives. Now, case in point, Representative Byron Donalds, a Republican from Florida, revealed on Sunday that he is being placed on the House Republican Steering Committee. Now, that in exchange for supporting Kevin McCarthy for House Speaker. Donalds revealed that the new appointment during a Sunday appearance on Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo was really about trying to make sure that we can get people to the table in order to construct a framework that everybody in our conference can get behind. And I think what we what has been released and what people are seeing now is one of the most transformative um, um, re, reshuffling in the people's house, actually giving all of the representatives of Congress, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, the ability to represent the voters that have sent them to Capitol Hill. Now, Donalds was among a group of 20 hardline Republicans who refused to vote for McCarthy after he initially voted in his favor. Meanwhile, Representatives Matt Gates of Florida and Mike Rogers of Alabama publicly resolved their differences on Sunday after tensions boiled over on the House floor late Friday. During the votes for House Speaker, Rogers had to be restrained after he charged towards Gates. The lawmakers appeared to mend fences in tweets on Sunday. 
A major step forward in recovery from COVID-19 in China. Beijing is, of course, China's capital. And Sunday, open borders that have been shut for three years since the beginning of the COVID-19 viral pandemic. A requirement that incoming travelers quarantine has also ended. Despite reopening its borders, the Chinese government maintained that it would still be strong in its response to COVID. 77 WABC News Time, 515. All right, lots going on in sports. Yes. Of football action. Of course, playoffs coming up this weekend. Justin Ellis here to tell you all about. Yes, I am, Deb, indeed. We will uh, we'll start here, obviously, with our local football action from yesterday. Uh, both our local teams lost here. We'll start with the Jets. They lost 11-6 to to the Dolphins in Miami as they finish off another disappointing season with six straight losses after their promising start early on in the year. Miami's Jason Sanders kicked a go-ahead 50-yard field goal in the winning moments of regulation to give the Dolphins their first playoff berth since 2016. Here was head coach Robert Sala following the game on Gang Green's disappointing end to the season and their off-season outlook. We got a good team. We do. We got a good team, and uh, you know, seven and four wasn't a mirage. It was kind of a championship caliber defense. We've got uh, we've got a bunch of young guys that are going to get healthy and get back here. We got a whole line that's going to get healthy and get back here, and I know we'll get the quarterback position right. When all that happens, we're going to be in the same situation, and it's going to be about finishing, and it's going to be about finishing all off-season. That gaping hole at the quarterback position will certainly be the biggest question mark surrounding the Jets as they move through the offseason. As for the Giants, they lost 22-16 to to the Eagles in their regular season finale as a band of mostly second stringers for the G-Men kept things tighter than expected on the road in Philadelphia. New York was locked into the NFC sixth seed prior to kickoff. It was just a matter of who they'd play in that wildcard round matchup. With the loss, they debatably end up in a more preferable situation as they get dealt a date with the three-seed Vikings in Minnesota as opposed to having to make a trip out west to San Francisco to take on a red-hot 49ers team. That date with the Vikings is set for 4.30 p.m. on Sunday. As for the Eagles, they clinch the NFC East division title with the win, as well as the NFC's one seed, so they'll enjoy a bye in round one. And over to the hardwood action last night in the Nets. They edged out the Heat in Miami by a score of 102-101. to Royce O'Neal's putback with just under four seconds left on the clock sealed the nail-biting victory for Brooklyn. But the real story here was a third-quarter exit from superstar Kevin Durant due to an apparent knee injury. So Nets fans will be holding their collective breath as they await the results of Durant's evaluation today. Up next for Brooklyn is a date with the Boston Celtics on Thursday night at the Barclays Center. And looking ahead to hardwood action tonight, the Knicks, they welcome in the Milwaukee Bucks. And also, of course, the college football playoff national championship game between the number three TCU Horned Frogs and the number one Georgia Bulldogs. That kickoff is set for 7.30 p.m. this evening. Here with the Early News Sports Update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. And here's Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Investors looking to build off the first big rally of the new year. All three major stock indexes posting significant gains Friday. The Dow Jones Industrial surging nearly 700 points. The technology sector had its best day of this young new year. Amazon, Apple, even Tesla moving higher. New inflation expectations coming today. The New York Fed's November update showing expectations at the lowest level in a year and a half. The majority of households say inflation will continue lower over the next several years. Struggling retailer Bed Bath & Beyond reporting earnings Tuesday. Last week, the company said it's close to bankruptcy. That sent the stock into a tailspin, down nearly 50% between Thursday and Friday. McDonald's cutting jobs, but not to cut costs. The company says it's shifting focus to restaurant expansion. In a memo to employees, McDonald's said it needs to keep up with a higher demand over the past few years. Please join me several times each weekday, right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC. 
NBC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. All right, checking your futures this morning. The Dow still in green, up 81 points at 33,853, up 0.24%. S&P up 14 and a quarter points. The Nasdaq's up 48 and a half. Gold up $8.60 an ounce. Crude oil at $76.45 a barrel. That's up $2.67. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time is 520. Some 9,000 nurses at Montefiore and Mount Sinai hospitals could walk off the job this morning if they don't have a contract in place. 77 WABC's Nelton Layden reports. The hospitals have been canceling elective surgeries and telling ambulances to go elsewhere as they prepare for the nurses to take to the picket line. Find a way to respect your nurses and patients. It's time to do more for your nurses and patients. Patients with appointments have been told they are canceled until further notice. It got canceled. I got a call this morning. This is the strike, so pending strike, and they it got canceled for a month. The nurses want the hospitals to increase their pay and staffing levels and keep their health care plan as is. If no new deal is in place, they say they will walk off the job. For Early News, I'm Noam Layden. Big armored car heist in Brooklyn. Three people stole $300,000 from an armored Brinks truck in Sunset Park Friday. Two men distracted a Brinks employee outside of a Chase Bank on 55th Street and 8th Avenue in Sunset Park. The worker told officers the two men asked him for directions, and that is when a third man quickly grabbed an unattended money bag. The trio ended up running from the scene, and as this morning, they remain on the lam. Well, the NYPD also is searching for two suspects who shot and wounded two men in Queens early Sunday. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard reports. It happened at 4 a.m. outside Impulse Lounge on Liberty Avenue in South Ozone Park. Both victims are in stable condition. Police say after the shooting, the suspects took off in a BMW, hit a pedestrian near the Van Wyck Expressway, and then abandoned the car. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. The man charged in the deadliest terror attack in New York City since September 11th will go on trial today. Prosecutors say Saifullah Saipov plowed a rented truck into pedestrians and cyclists along the West Side Highway on Halloween in 2017. A total of eight people were killed in that terror attack. Saipov pleaded not guilty to charges that include murder and the aid of racketeering. This is the first federal death penalty trial of the Biden administration. Now, if Saipov is, in fact, convicted here in Manhattan, the jury would decide whether or not he deserves the death penalty or life in prison. Heading across the Hudson River over to New Jersey, a Garden State woman facing prison time now following a big hoax on the fundraising site GoFundMe. 77 WABC's Liz Radabali has a story. A New Jersey woman pleading guilty this Friday to state theft charges after earning more than $400,000 from a GoFundMe campaign. Caitlin McClure posted online that a homeless veteran gave her his last $20 bill after running out of gas in Philadelphia. The paying it forward story that drove this fundraiser might seem too good to be true. 
Unfortunately, it was. Johnny Bobbitt Jr. sued McClure and her boyfriend, Mark D'Amico, after the couple spent money raised for the veteran on a BMW and casino trips to Las Vegas and New Jersey. The 32-year-old McClure was sentenced to three years in prison. Liz Radabali, WABC Early News. Well, more financial pain as of this morning for commuters. A $1 toll hike has taken effect for Port Authority bridges and tunnels tolls have increased to $17 per trip. The Easy Pass peak hour tolls have been hiked to $14.75. The non-peak tolls, they're at $12.75. All these increases now come on top of the threat of congestion pricing, and that is, in fact, set to take effect later this year here in New York City. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul says she is still in support of congestion pricing. This is a plan that has been there for decades, uh, 15, 20 years perhaps. And the thought is, is that we would do everything we can in our power to encourage people to take public transportation. But New Jersey Congressman Josh Gottheimer and Staten Island and Brooklyn Congresswoman Nicole Maliotak is both working to try and block congestion pricing at the federal level from taking effect. Congresswoman Maliataka says the MTA has already been given billions of dollars from the federal government to plug budget shortfalls. We should get our subway system back on track and make it safe, not hammer people over the head to pay an additional toll to fill the MTA black Mm -hmm. holes. That's not the answer. The Port Authority plans to implement congestion pricing south of 60th Street. That'll also drive traffic to the outer boroughs. One of the concerns, both Gottheimer and Meliotakis say they want an environmental and economic study done to take a look at the impact of congestion pricing. They're working to do just that at the federal level. Well, a noise complaint between neighbors has apparently led to a deadly stabbing and the injuring of a second person in the Bronx. Police ended up arresting 65-year-old Jose Ortiz for the fatal stabbing of 45-year-old Tyrone Quick. Also stabbed was a 39-year-old woman. This happened at a residential building in the Highbridge section of the Bronx. Both victims were rushed to nearby Lincoln Hospital, where the 45-year-old died of his injuries. The woman is expected to survive. A neighbor who asked to remain anonymous spoke to NBC4 New York. Somebody was arguing about noise, and the dude came out and just went haywire, period. That's all I heard. (laughs) Officers arrested Ortiz without incident on a half dozen charges. Those charges that Ortiz was arrested on include the following murder, attempted murder and manslaughter. According to the NYPD, those charges were announced by police on Saturday. Well, the actor who was best known for portraying Nicholas Bradford on the TV series Eight is Enough has died. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has more. TMZ reports Adam Rich passed away at his Los Angeles area home at the age of 54. The cause of death is not known. However, the LAPD says no foul play is suspected. Rich was born in Brooklyn but grew up in Granada Hills. He was featured on the series that ran on ABC from 1977 to 1981. The show was centered on a family of eight children whose father was a newspaper columnist played by Dick Van Patten. Rich would also 
also guest star on other television series, including Fantasy Island, The Love Boat, and Chips. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. If you miss the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.